Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm continuing my chat on the anti-inflammatory diet and going over what the science says about food and its ability to fight chronic inflammation. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are chatting inflammation in this deep dive series, and I'm excited to get stuck into this one because now we're going to really look in more detail at what the science says about chronic inflammation and what causes it and what helps it from a food perspective. So I'm a registered nutritionist. That means that I'm a university qualified one. I've been doing this for 17 years now. That's how long it's been since I graduated from my first degree. Crazy. My name's Kate and I'm the founder of an online program called the Healthy Eating Hub that teaches healthy eating habits And I also own the Healthy Eating Clinic down in the lovely city of Canberra, which is um, a dietetics clinic. We've got two locations in the north and south in Canberra. We're the biggest in Canberra, actually, and the best, if I do say so myself. So let's get on to the show. Fun fact about me is that I grow hair out of my chin. Now, following on from yesterday's fun fact where I had a little bit of a brag that I'm 37 and I don't have grey hairs. So I just wanted you to know right? Life is not all peachy for me with my no gray hair head. Okay. I grow some black hairs out of my chin and every year I swear one more grows. I reckon I'm up to like five or six now. It used to just be one and I'd pull that sucker out. I'd be like, oi, what are you doing in there? And I pull it out. I remember doing it really secretly when no one was watching me, particularly my husband. And then one day he walked in on me like super inspecting my chin with tweezers and he was like what are you doing and I was like just pulling a really wiry like puby black hair out of my chin anyway now there's no shame in my house he doesn't care I I pull my head my chin hairs out in front of him all the time now so there you go it's 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 rapidly increasing the hair on my chin what what am I going to be like when I'm 50 who knows? But that's just the way it is. I'm embracing it. But let's move on to the show. We talked about in the previous episode about what is inflammation. I just gave a, a really nice, I guess, background and summary to what inflammation is. And we talked about acute versus chronic inflammation. And that's really quite an important distinction that we need to make quite clear because when it comes to to looking at an anti-inflammatory diet, it's this chronic low-grade inflammation that is what we're trying to reduce with our food choices every day, as opposed to the acute inflammation that we need as a protective mechanism by our immune system from injury or disease. So chronic inflammation is what we have associated now with science, with our lifestyle or chronic diseases, so heart disease, diabetes, um, arthritis and asthma are the sort of key ones that have popped up in the literature that I've read. Also, just reminding you, I didn't in last episode, but there are a number of studies, scientific studies in the show notes. So 
make sure you read those if you want to know more information on where I'm getting my info from as well. So let's get stuck into what causes chronic inflammation. So essentially the, the, one of the key papers that I was reading, I guess, is talks about chronic inflammation being quite um, silent. And so it's, it's, it's not something, you know, like I said, with acute inflammation, we've got pain and redness and heat and swelling. So it's quite obvious if you see an inflamed area, it's chronic inflammation is not quite as obvious. And another reason why they sort of call it low grade is because it's happening sort of right at the cellular level within our bodies. So it's not quite obvious, like looking at someone from the outside that you would be like, oh, look at you and your chronic low-grade inflammation. Like I can see it all over you, right? It's not something that you can see. It's happening at the cellular level. And essentially what's going on is there's a production of what we call these pro-inflammatory cytokines um, along with a bunch of other chemicals that then they're just sort of floating around the bloodstream in these low levels and they're potentially then triggering other things within our metabolism or our immune system or our cells and right your body is so complicated and I'm not even going to begin to understand all of it myself either but it can then start to cause damage and and that's how it's sort of mitigating causing these lifestyle diseases is it's actually this inflammation going on in the background is just causing lots of little problems around the body that then eventually sort to start to become obvious and things aren't functioning the way that they should and we become unwell. So there are a number of things that cause chronic inflammation. One of the things that the studies have shown is what's called um, chronic hyperglycemia, which essentially just means high blood sugar levels over a long period of time. Now, this is actually what happens when somebody is then diagnosed with type 2 or type 1 um, diabetes is that their blood sugar levels are high and they remain high and the body can't seem to get them down. And this is quite interesting because it's actually like high blood sugar levels that stay high um, increases the production of free radicals and these pro-inflammatory cytokines. So they're contributing to chronic inflammation, but also chronic inflammation contributes to the insulin resistance that then is a cause of blood sugar levels rising eventually over time. So it's, it's almost like a perpetuating cycle as well. And I'm, I'm actually not sure based on what I've read in the limited time I've had to prepare for this series on what comes first. And it might not even be clear within the research as well, but that's really, really interesting. So essentially, you know, this is where the recommendation for reducing your intake of carbohydrates um, comes from. It's one of the reasons is that if you're having a high intake of refined carbohydrates with a high glycemic load, meaning there's a lot of carbohydrate delivered to your body really, really quickly, and it's able to be digested really quickly and almost sort of flood your bloodstream with glucose is that then if you're doing that regularly enough is that your blood sugar levels are, are, are spiking regularly. And depending on the amount of carbohydrate that you're consuming, if it's a high amount all the time, is that then your body is releasing a lot of insulin to deal with that 
like I said, we're not sure what comes first, but eventually the tissues start to become resistant. Now, if you remember my episode on lemons where I was explaining insulin resistance, it's like this: the body's releasing insulin to take glucose out of the bloodstream, but the cells aren't listening anymore and the body's having to produce more and more insulin to do the same job. And these high circulating levels of insulin then cause their own problems. Um, they contribute to chronic inflammation with these pro-inflammatory cytokines. They contribute to changes in fat metabolism, etc. The thing that bothers me about the talk around this stuff is I, do you know, never shared this on the show, but I'm going to. I actually had a dentist ask to be on the show a couple of months ago now, just out of the blue. And I thought, wow, it's very presumptuous and brave of you to do that. But hey, I respect that. If you don't ask, you don't get, right? So I decided that I would have a conversation with this lady and she was quite difficult and could only speak to me after 8 p.m. on an evening. Anyway, I chatted to her and she was just like, you're full anti-sugar, cut it out, it's evil, it's so terrible and very scaremongery and blah, blah, blah. And I sort of said to her, I was like, have you listened to the Daily Dollop? Because I was thinking the way she's talking about food does not really align with how I would talk with food, which is interesting considering that she wants to be on my podcast. But she was like, oh, no, I haven't, which may be super cross because I was like, oi, don't ask to be on my show if you haven't even listened to the show and then come on with your scaremongery, right, anti-sugar and cut it out and it's evil and poison. But one of the things she said to me that because I was super nice to her on the phone even though she was saying lots of crazy things – One of the things I just didn't tolerate after about half an hour of smiling and nodding was she said, insulin causes inflammation. Just this blanket little simple sentence. And I was like, I'm just going to have to stop you right there and disagree with you. Oh, you should read this special report by this doctor in the US and he's saying things differently to everybody else. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. There's lots of people out there who are taking a different approach. But this is what bothers me is that it's absolutely and utterly normal for you to eat a meal that contains carbohydrates along with proteins and fats for those nutrients to be digested and absorbed and for your blood sugar levels to rise after a meal. It's supposed to happen, right? Absolutely normal. Then insulin is produced in response to the rise in blood sugar levels. It tells the cells, hey guys, we've just eaten. There's glucose here ready for you to use in whatever you need it to do. The cells are like, Thanks, insulin. I'll take some of that glucose, right? Glucose levels return to normal. So it absolutely does not cause inflammation. However, what happens is, is that we then have an excess of carbohydrates, fats and proteins, an excess of energy. We also have a lifestyle where we're sitting down all the time and we're eating foods where it's really easy to overconsume. They have no nutrients, right? So it's a combination of different lifestyle factors that then leads there to be high blood sugar levels constantly. Our body has to produce high levels of insulin to deal with that eventually insulin resistance is the result of that, meaning even more insulin is being produced. And then we start to see things like an increase in pro-inflammatory cytokines and chronic inflammation, right? So it's all about the dose and the context of these things. Inflammation in and of itself is not a bad thing, right? Just like carbohydrates in and of itself are not a bad thing. But when we put them into the context of excess, right? And, you know, flooding the bloodstream, etc. right? That's when we start to see problems. So 
that's one of the causes of chronic inflammation. And like I said, it's also the result of chronic inflammation as well. The second thing from the science that has been shown to cause chronic inflammation is the ratio of our omega-3 to our omega-6 fatty acids. So the omega part is basically just the chemical name of where the double bond is in the unsaturated fat. So we've got saturated and unsaturated fats. Saturated fats just means that there are no double bonds between the carbons and the the carbons are fully saturated with hydrogen atoms. In the unsaturated fats, we have some double bonds in there, which means that the carbons can't be fully saturated with hydrogen. And the omega three or six is just telling us where along that carbon chain that double bond is. That's just what all that means. Yay for chemistry. And we consume these fats. Both of them are essential for health. But in the Western diet, so the diet that we eat that's characterized by high intake of ultra processed foods, low intake of plants, um, fruits and veggies and whole foods, is that the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 is really, really out of whack. The problem is, is that the precise ratio of these fats that promotes inflammation is a bit unknown. But we do know from some studies that there is a positive impact on things like cardiovascular disease, arthritis and asthma if we can get the ratio to drop from below five to one. So omega-6 to omega-3. Now, you're probably sitting there and you're just like, great, awesome. That sounds cool. Like, what does that mean to me? (laughs) And I think the exact same thing, like how would that affect that I eat differently? But essentially what it means is, is I would just be thinking about well, what are some ways where I could increase my intake of omega-3s, which would then obviously help that ratio be a little bit more balanced? And I'm going to talk about that in subsequent episodes. But that ratio between the different types of essential fats has been shown to either promote or um, help with inflammation. The next one is your trans fats. So we talked about um, trans fats like saturated and unsaturated fats. Um, Trans fats are essentially a type of fat also that are unsaturated. So they have this double bond, but the way that the, 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 the actual molecule itself is structured is a little bit different. It has a trans as opposed to a cis double bond. Anyway, it's, it gets a bit complicated. This is organic chemistry, but it's found in hydrogenated fats, small amounts in meat and dairy, and then it's mostly in baked and deep fried foods. So ultra processed foods contain trans fats. In Australia, the amount of trans fats in our foods is still really low, even in ultra processed foods, but it's something that you want to be mindful of. So that's it for today's episode. I've gone over some chemistry around promoting inflammation. In the next episode, we're going to get stuck into what reduces inflammation and start to talk about the diet that we can build that can help with managing inflammation and just promoting long-term health in our bodies. Thanks for tuning in. After years of being bombarded with diet culture... I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time 
and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.